afternoon and welcome to the Girls Who Sell Spotlight podcast, where we talk about everything business to business sales. My name is Heidi Solomon Orlick, and I am the founder and CEO of Girls Who Sell. At Girls Who Sell, we are not only committed to closing the gender gap in business to business sales, but to building the largest pipeline of diverse early stage female sales talent. We are more than a company. We are a movement. On today's episode, I'm super excited to introduce you to Becca Powers. Becca has an incredible rags to riches story moving from minimum wage dollar store employee to award-winning sales executive for multi-billion Fortune 500 companies. Becca wrote the best-selling book, Harness Your Inner CEO, is a sought-after keynote speaker and corporate trainer uh, who helps create a people-before-profits culture, and I can't wait to dig into that. Becca, thank you for joining us, and welcome to the Spotlight. Thank you, Heidi, for having me. I'm excited about our conversation. Yeah, me as well. Okay, so we got to start with the rags to riches. I, I, I would venture to say you were probably the best um uh you know uh dollar store employee yes <laughs> ever right so it, yeah it's really a kind of a fun story because i accidentally ended up in sales and i've been in sales ever since so as assistant manager i was working in the mall i was assistant manager at the dollar store and right next to us was a people remember this dating myself a little bit like a radio shack. So it was an off-brand mom, pa type of electronics store. And this is 1997. I had just turned 18 because I had to be 18 to sell cell phones. And they, the owner had seen my velocity and how fast paced and on it I was at the dollar store next door. So once I turned 18, he's like, come talk to me. So I went and talked to him and he's like, listen, here's the deal. Um, I want to bring you on. I'm going to pay you more that more wage than the dollar store. And I'm going to pay you commission. And I'm like, what's that? And that's when he's like, you're going to get a percentage of everything you sell. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you're going to pay me and then pay me more to do my job. And he's like, yeah. And if you hit your goals and you get more and I'm like, well, this sounds like magic. <laughs> this I mean, is a real career. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, okay, I'm in. I not know about this sooner. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, exactly. And so um 18, I started selling cell phones. Um, and I think my first full year of being an adult at 19 to 20, and this is in, in the nine late 90s, I broke 40 something thousand. And I dropped out of college my first time because I made more money at 19 years old than what I was going for a degree for at that time. So, but that's um, how it started. And then I just kept progressing and climbing the ladder, so to speak, and finding where I like to sell. And then once I got to B2B sales in about 2003, I think it was, I've been in B2B since. So what would, what did that transition look like for you? So, um, well, I think there's a couple points because I know our listeners are so, you know, all over from universities, agent to C, you know, to C level. So for anybody who's like listening, who is getting into sales, I really got my feet wet in retail and found out that I, A, liked sales, Bs were able to kind of refine my skill set. And once I realized that, hey, I really like this thing called sales, I knew that um, 
and just from just from hearing my bosses because I was at Sprint PCS at the time and they had a business to business side and I'd always hear about them making so much money and you know that they also enjoyed the corporate contracts a lot better and the complexity and I'm a very strategic person so I just remember listening and being like that strategy sale sounds much more like who I am as a person and I'm down here in South Florida and back in about 2003, I think it was, um, Office Depot opened up a business to business inside sales team hmm. and they are hiring about a hundred salespeople. So I figured, Hey, let me give it a shot. And, uh, that's how I made the transition from retail to B2B and my hunch was correct. I've stayed. <laughs> and you stayed and that was it. Yeah. But I mean, now you... I'm outside sales and stuff, but same. And, you know, so many women um, fall into sales, right? I, I'm, I'm the same way, right? Like I joke quite often about, you know, when a woman is asked what they want to be when they grow up, no one says, you know, I want to be in business to business, you know, enterprise sales or tech sales or whatever, right? <laughs> now, hopefully girls who sell will, will have some impact and will change that. I hope so. We're already starting to do that, but um, did you have a negative perception of sales or were you just like completely clueless when, when he came in and said, I think you've got the skill set for it? I was kind of more on the side of clueless. Like I, I grew up playing soccer though. So the idea of having goals and understanding what my job responsibilities were as a salesperson actually made more sense to me than some of the other jobs that, I mean, I was an assistant manager of the dollar store. I understood what I had to do with cashing tills and things like that, opening, closing, but having goals, it felt very similar to playing sports and that healthy piece of competition, right? Like with myself where I'm like, Ooh, I get to bring my, my best self. I had an outlet for that finally, after not playing soccer for a year or two. So for me, it was more natural than than not. I didn't really have a negative perception about it. However, other people did. Right. Your mom, your parents were like, you're what? You're going into yeah. sales? Yeah. Well, every, I think everyone. And, and you're dropping out of college to do that? Have you lost your mind? I think, Heidi, that's about the talk back that I heard. <laughs> was that the talk? Several that times. was the mom and me that just came. Yeah. You're doing <laughs> what? Yeah. And you're, but then it was like, and you're making what? Like how much? Seriously? Huh? Yeah. I am. And I was like, yeah, I am. That's <laughs> yes. I'm dropping out of college. And yes, I'm also making that amount of money, you know? So I, I agree with you. I happen to have been a, a competitive athlete um, myself. Um, I was actually an alternate on the U S equestrian team for oh, nice. eventing. And uh, I do I, I, see it made complete sense to me as well. I, I do think that as competitive athletes, um, there is transferable skills. 100%. And I think um, even more so I'm coming back to that. So it's interesting that we're taught relating being an athlete to being a salesperson because I was just wrapping up a coaching um, segment with one of my clients. We were just finishing our commitment. And in the last couple, she's a high performing saleswoman and multiple six figures, but was edging towards burnout. And this is an interesting story because 
she, as women too, I'm sure you come across this. Um, she has a hard time asking for help. She's taking everything on, you know, all the responsibilities at home, all the responsibilities at work. And, you know, here I am, I'm looking at her, like I can see her fatiguing out and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you want to make more money. You want to do more and you're not doing it in a way that's going to allow you to do more. And I said to her, and it was just something that came out naturally, but it was like the aha in her. I was like, you're a professional Olympian sales athlete, right? Like, think about like that. Do you think anybody who's training for the Olympics doesn't have someone bring their food to like help them with their food plans, help them with their laundry, help them with their cleaning? I'm like, you're doing everything. You have the money for help, but you're not utilizing it. I'm like, if you were, if you thought of yourself as a professional sales athlete, what would you do different? And then she hired a cleaning lady. She hired some food prep. Like that actually is so brilliant. I love that concept. Me too. It got me fired up. I'm like, I think you found your next book. I think (laughs) it, it, but, and it, 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 burnout is, is real in sales, right? Particularly for women. And when you see what's happening in the workplace today with women just leaving in droves because of the pandemic and the fact that they did have to take on so much of the unpaid work, um, it's, women are burning out in huge numbers. They are. That's the topic of my next book. I'm in the process of writing it, but it's breakup with burnout. And I'm trying to get more to like the underlying root causes so we can identify it earlier. And then also not only put the response, like we take so much responsibility as the person, but the corporation needs to take more responsibility for um, creating environments that promote the health from the get-go so that we're not burning out. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think corporations recognizing the burnout is really important because it's just like drive, drive, drive. What have you done for me lately? Oh, great. You made your numbers. Now we're going to up your quota and <laughs> change your comp plan and, and make it much more harder for you to succeed. <laughs> We've all been there, right? Yeah. I'm like, I think I just went through that. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again, 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 or yes. you're such an athlete um, and you're, you're so good at your job that they can't afford this. I think this has been on my mind lately too, that they can't afford to promote you up into a leadership position because um, you're too good at your job. That happens a lot. To lose you. That happens a lot. And it was interesting. I was talking to uh, one of my mentors who's a VP of sales and we were kind of talking about leadership and, you know, women in, in sales roles, moving up the ladder. And she had a really interesting perspective because she's really high up in an organization. And I, I, I would love to name drop, but I'm just going to spare her until like, cause I don't have permission for it. But, um, but the interesting thing that came up is that she was saying that they have a bunch of women programs and things like that. But she was like, I wish there was more of a talk track for women in sales that are lead your own way. She's like, some of the women are the most philanthropists. They are like, you know, doing podcasts on the sides and stuff like that. And they still don't feel like they're being a leader, Mm -hmm. you know? And she's like, I only have, I can only promote X amount of people into leadership role because there's not enough 
leadership, but how do we, how do we help women lead differently? And I just thought that was a really interesting conversation too. And, that and I have. What does that look like for her or even for you? Right. I, Cause I think it is a great, the lead your own way mindset is, I love that idea. But what does yeah. that look like in the context of working for a company? Yeah. And that's not what I, you know, and I think that's kind of what she was. We didn't unpack the conversation all the way, but she was like, what if my top sellers stayed top sellers and were able to, you know, I could help them maybe um, contribute to a nonprofit or um, help them get on a board. Yes. And she's like, we need more women on boards. We need more women in the community. We need more women. So she's like women advocate all the way, but she's like, how do we do it different? Right. And I just thought that was. Yeah. mm It's really interesting versus just sort of getting promoted up through the, through the ranks and which is more of a linear, you know, more traditional path. It's grow your leadership skills in other areas and empowering them to actually even look outside of the company to be able to build some of those skills. And maybe there's a compensation agreement around that. I mean, you could really get creative. Oh, that's like the idea. Like I have the goosebumps just talking about it. Because I really think that there's something to it, especially if companies invested in the skill development and, you know, um, companies who want to be a fortune 100 best companies to work for or 200, they have to have this X amount of community involvement. They have to have X amount of diversity goals and things like that. So maybe, you know, outside of my power a little bit, but if we explore different ways to show up as leaders, um, especially in sales, you know, because at, at a certain point you start making multiple six figures, right? And I, I mean, I'm starting. If you're to, good, yeah, I'm starting to are. write and podcast and do things because I have skills I want to share. I want to help people hit their peak potential and stuff like that. So I'm doing it on my own. But if it'd be great if I would have had a corporate mentor saying like, "Hey, you don't want to go in leadership right now because you don't have," I. I I actually um, demoted myself. That's what I say, but I made more money. So I don't know if that's really demotion, but I came out of sales leadership five years ago to go back to the field for a little bit, just to have more freedom and flexibility in my schedule. But anyways, I'll stop talking, but I guess, you know, you understand that that's, there's so much there that could happen. Oh, I agree. And there are some companies that are doing that well, right. That like there's Salesforce just comes to mind. Um, there's a woman on our board who uh, works for Salesforce and she, they, you know, they actually compensate her for, they give her a certain amount of time off. They compensate her for the hours um, that she's spending, you know, on the board. Um, They have, you know, um, they do matching type programs. So there are some companies. One, One trend that I've been seeing, I've wondered, wonder if you've been seeing it is, you know, all these organizations have, these commitments towards diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, you know, I, for one, have been tapped in a couple of different companies to um, create and run these women-oriented ERGs. It takes a huge amount of time. And it's, it's, it's fulfilling and rewarding. Um, but a lot of companies now are starting to say, you know what, that should be a compensated position. I think it absolutely should 
think because about- there's a lot of things, there's so much education. And I don't know if that's what you're experiencing, but as we you know, we, even in the companies I'm with, I'm very active in, you know, women in technology or women within the company. And while I'm not headlining any of the initiatives, I'm contributing. And I can see how most of us are doing what we're doing from volunteer perspective. And um, not only is it a lot of effort to put these programs together, but then the education within to get everyone included and the awareness campaigning that needs to happen. I, I agree with you 100% that it should be a compensated position. Yeah, I think we need to reinvent leadership. Oh, I love that. We do. Absolutely and, do. And yeah, I, I think that's great. So let's let's go back. We, we went on a complete cha- tangent of changing the world, which is awesome, which is yeah. completely fine. <laughs> let's do me. it. Let's, let's do it, Heidi. Let's reel it. Let's go do it. But let's reel it back to, to business to business sales. So, you know, if if, you know, we have a lot of women that are listening to this podcast that you know, are, are two areas. One is, you know, they may be considering sales, um, you know, a college age woman or even high school um, and, you know, considering sales. So what would your advice be for someone who is considering sales? And then I'm going to ask you about if you're in sales, what would your advice be for someone who wants to take their career to the next level? Nice. So if you're considering sales, I would say, go for it. It is a real career. So I think to your earlier question of like, did I question myself? I didn't, but most of my, um, you know, women colleagues questioned whether this was a real career. And even, you know, we're going for teacher degrees and and that's all fine, but they were going for like the traditional, what women go for type of degrees And, um, you know, fast forward being in their sales career, 10 years plus, they're extremely satisfied. Um, Most sales positions have a lot of flexibility and freedom. It does also require a lot of work ethic and um, you're up against goals. So you have to have a certain resilience for, for stress management and things like that. But I, going back to anybody who, Um, may have been a gymnast or an athlete or um, a dancer, anything like that. I feel for me, I'm a creator. Like I, I create a lot through self-expression. And so for me, although I have that competitive and athlete side for me, I feel that being a salesperson and being able to build relationships and the art of the deal itself um, is very fulfilling for me. So I would say that there's a lot of fulfillment in sales. And if you're considering it, I would give it a try. And one of the things that we get quite often is I don't have the personality for sales. What are your thoughts around that? I, I challenge that a lot. I, I mean, I'm an outgoing person. I can tell Heidi you are too. So there's like, I naturally like people. But I have seen some of the most, here's the thing that women do really well, regardless what age. We project manage like crazy. We're naturally like, this needs to go here. This person needs to go here. And there's so much project management in sales. And um, the women that technically said they didn't have the personality, guess what they did have? They had follow-up. They had 
project management. They had the skills that it takes to complete the entire sales cycle. And because they were thorough and, you know, kind and stuff like that, they were able to build trust. And so I would say just because you might not have the level 10 personality, um, doesn't mean that you won't be successful. Quite on the contrary, I've seen a lot of very successful women that are more introverted. Yeah, that's that was the premise behind the book that we just put out, which was Heels to Deals. Um, and we amplified the voices of, of 33 women from around the world. And it was really interesting to see not only were their stories and their backgrounds, you know, incredibly diverse, but really different kinds of personalities. And each of us found a way and found a home, right? Some were like painfully shy or introverted or, you know, others are like, I was a complete analytic numbers geek, or I was an engineer, or I was a scientist or hundred you percent. Know, I'm a data dork. Like, I'm I a data dork. Yes. <laughs> right. I know. So, and for, for women that might want to take their career to the next level, um, you know, what, what are the things that they should be doing um, to set themselves up for success? I think it really starts within, and I kind of joked about it that I demoted myself, but I want to talk about that because I think that's really the question and choosing where you want to go with your career. Um, I started off, I mean, when I was 16, 17 year olds, I was in in management and some of my more um, fulfilling roles have been in sales leadership too. I've spent about half my career in sales leadership and half my career in field sales. Um, they both are highly rewarding. They're just different. Mm -hmm. So I think that going back to the conversation of lead your own way, what is it that you want? Middle management is a hard gig and I'm not going to paint it as it's extremely rewarding, but you have less control than you do when you're just managing your territory. Um, you have a lot of development and that part is very rewarding but it, you're managing an upper perspective and a lower perspective, and you really are in the middle. <laughs> so um, I say that because I think a lot of times there's like this, the only way to run your career is to move up. And what I found is that after burning out as a sales leader, I thought to myself, well, if I go back to field sales, what does that look like? And I said, you know, I had experience under my belt, but I was like, I'd really like to get into enterprise sales because I want to develop the executive relationships. Right now, I sell to director level, the C-suite within the tech organizations that I work for. And it's a different sales cycle. It's a different, um, I'm still getting to utilize what I would call leadership skills in almost every interaction, but I'm only responsible for my territory. So if for someone who is maybe an inside sales looking to go outside or is an outside sales looking to maybe go into leadership, there's, um, you can pursue that path and absolutely um, do if that's for you. But I would ask yourself, what am I looking for more for? You know, am I looking to make more money and just have overall and I still want to maintain my freedom and flexibility. I would say get more niched in a specialty. Um, you'll make more money the more niched you are. And then um, like now I'm niched and I'm selling to director and C-suite. So I am in a multiple six-figure 
area. Um, if the answer is, I really want to lead people, I want to help develop skills and learn the business, then I would pursue that path. But I think you need to explore what's important to you and know that if you are going into leadership, there's a certain level of freedom and flexibility that you'll be. That you're giving up. Giving up. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and I, I think, I think that, you know, as, especially as women, like it was always about, you know, you just need to continue to, to, to work your way up the ladder and, you know, that, that's how you're successful. And, um, I'm with you. I demoted myself as well. Our stories are, are so, there are so many parallels. Um, but, um, I was CEO of a, of a company and, for a lot of different reasons, decided to step back and take into individual contributor role um, where I could just be responsible for myself. And it allowed me to take care of my sick parents and, um, and guess what, you know, a multiple six figure role and, um, and I could run goals or sell at the same time. And um, cause that was what my passion, what my focus is. And it, it's interesting I just had a really interesting conversation with a, a gentleman this, this past week who is, we were talking about how wonderful sales is exactly for that reason, because you can begin to morph your career depending on what's happening in your life, right? When you're in your teens, you can, you know, yeah, you know, you want to, you know, you're going and you're working and you're doing and you're making a lot of money. But perhaps when you, you know, decide that you if you want to have children, if you do, that's not for everybody. But if you do, then, you know, maybe you do take a step back um, into an individual contributor role so that you can have that more time and flexibility and and be able to focus on your family. And then, like me, all the kids are out of the house, um, you know. Now you can go and take on more, more, well, frankly, I just want to be a leader for my own company. I'm, I'm done, you know, making everybody else billions of dollars. Yes, um, now I'm going to do quite it for a few myself. millions myself. <laughs> right. But I mean, do you agree with that? Like that whole concept of being able, that flexibility and being able to kind of morph your, your career, because I'm sure by you taking this what might be perceived as a demotion, actually you're making more money and you have more time to be able to put into things that you're more passionate about, which are only going to make you happier and make you more money. Oh my gosh, Heidi, you are speaking my language. Like if I was to give a formula, I would say first stand in your power. Don't ever work for less than you are worth. When you have that hunch that, oh, I might be settling, guess what? You're settling and it never works out. So that would be one piece of advice. Stand in your personal power and move from there. Put yourself in, you know, again, if if leadership, some of my years in leadership was actually the right time. I, you know, I've held a department. I was senior sales director. I had 110 people under me, 500 million a year. Like it was a big role, lots of data, you know, <laughs> lots of decisions and things like that. And it was a good time for that part of my life. But to your point, like what I started realizing is the higher I climbed in leadership, I lost room for passion. And I like how you have girls who sell. I have 
powers peak potential. And that's when I'm, you know, writing a book and putting out content and I'm starting my own podcast here in a couple, couple weeks. And, um, I wouldn't have had the space mentally. Like I might've been able to carve it out of my schedule somewhere, but I don't think I would have had that freedom that you're talking about and flexibility. So that really goes, ties back to the question too. It's like, what do you want? You know, for anyone's who is thinking of what next to do in their career, what do you want from life, you know? And then you can make those decisions because to your point, as I said, like the formula, like this is a crazy thing, listeners. I put myself into the independent contributor role. I knew it was the right move, but I had no idea what that was really gonna look like. Fast forward five years, I'm still in an independent contributor role. But I reconnected with my passion. Once I got reconnected with my passion, I started making more money. Then I had room, like Heidi, you said. Then I started like, I was really able to do like my side hustle without it impacting my job. Actually, I was able to do my job better. More successful because you had to manage your time better, right? I know. It's like the craziest thing. And then I started making more money. And I was just like, holy cow. (laughs) This is awesome. I know we need to like productize that formula somehow, right? Like there's something there. You're probably working on it on your book. Well, I can't wait to <laughs> like frameworks, no. right? Frameworks, framework. Yeah. I cannot wait to hear your book. So if someone, you know, if people want to get it, get a hold of you or, um, you know, connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So I do have a little uh, personal empowerment challenge for any of the listeners. If you want to take a fun seven-day journey, email journey with me, you can go to beccapowers.com forward slash empowerment. It's easy. There's a little free gift for you there. Um, But outside of that, I'm on social media. My primary channel is LinkedIn, followed by Instagram, then followed by Facebook. But the handle is the same. It's at Becca Powers 1313. So you can follow me on whatever platform is good for you. Well, that sounds good. Well, I, when you launch your podcast, um, I'm happy to be a guest. I think I would love to have you on. <laughs> and we, we covered so much ground, but we only touched the surface. And I, I would love to unpack this a little bit more with you. So it was such a pleasure meeting you, Becca. Yeah, um, thank I you, really honey. enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for your time.